Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. First, let me start off by saying thank you so much for tuning in. It has been so much of a journey these last couple of weeks, especially having caught COVID, having tracheobronchitis and pneumonia after COVID, and still kind of recovering with this little irritating ass cough that I can't control sometimes. So I kind of have these cough attacks. So just so you know, I am doing this podcast because I love talking to you guys. I mean, there's so much we could talk about and I want to be a part of the conversation too, right? I have a lot I want to say and share, but it is hard as hell. So just so you know, there's a lot of editing happening behind the scenes with this cough um, that I got going on in my, you know, my throat lozenges and my water and tea and stuff that I have here. But of course, I'm going to do it for y'all because I love my nurse.org audience and, you know, people who aren't nurses as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. And along those lines, because the struggle has been real, uh, I wanted to plant a seed and to kind of just stop and say to anyone, if you too have gone through something, are going through something, and you're struggling, and you're just like on the verge of giving up, like you're tired. You don't see how you're going to make it. You don't have enough time. There's not enough resources. There's not enough money. You just can't see a way to what you're trying to achieve. I'm here to tell you to please do not give up. Do not. You can't give up. It is always darkest before the dawn. And I'm your messenger. I'm, you know, I was sent to kind of send this word to you to please don't give up. Please take a moment, take a breath, inhale, exhale, and realize you are enough and you are qualified to achieve anything and everything it is that you want to do. I know it may not be going your way. You might be struggling a little bit. You know, you're like, damn, you can't catch a break. But I promise you, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So to not give up and kind of going through some things myself right now, kind of with, you know, having gotten sick and having some things that were on my plate that I was, you know, supposed to do. They didn't work out the way they were supposed to. Now there's been a change in plan. Some things are no longer going to move forward. Some other things are popping up and like life changes and, you know, we get thrown curveballs. But listen, put on that catcher's mitt, catch that damn ball and let's play because we are not giving up. We are not giving in and we are going to continue our journey. And so part of how I was able to kind of come up with self-motivating myself, because believe it, y'all, I needed it too. I do need it. I kind of had to look back. I had to pause and look back at my journey. And part of my journey has been kind of that Drake thing started from the bottom. Now I'm here. So I wanted to talk today about my journey as to kind of where I am today. And although I might think that there's some jacked up things and things aren't going my way right now, I have to realize I am a clinical nurse specialist, a family nurse practitioner, chief nursing officer at nurse.org, a medical correspondent on television, 
you know, I have my own boutique education company called Nurse Approved. Like I'm doing things and I don't want to underscore or undermine the progress that I've made. And to better understand that progress, I needed to go to back to square one and remember how did I get here so I can appreciate every step of the way and realize that there are forever going to be booby traps, challenges, detours, peaks and valleys in your journey to getting to where you want to be. So I wanted to go back and tell the story about how I went from CNA to LPN to associate's degree nurse to bachelor's degree, getting my master's and becoming a clinical nurse specialist and even my post-master's to become a family nurse practitioner. And as challenging as that was, I didn't give up and I'm where I am today. And I think with each level of success, you're going to kind of, it's like climbing those stairs. You know, when you climb the stairs and there's like a landing and then you turn, you know, turn left or right. And there's another couple steps and then there's another landing you turn and there's another couple steps. I kind of feel like that's where, how my career has evolved. I had to start somewhere. And so, and I also get this question a lot from people who ask me, how did you get to do what it is you do today? And then I have to kind of go back and like, how did I get to do that? Because I didn't necessarily plan to be someone on television. I didn't plan to be chief nursing officer at nurse.org. Like all of these wonderful and amazing opportunities came because I didn't give up. I really didn't give up. I took my passion for caring for people, for wanting to be a nurse and with some of my special interests and things that I love to do, like run my mouth and talk um, and explain things to people. And I married those things and I was able to create like my dream jobs. And you can do this too, guys. So buckle up, tune in, because this is how I went from CNA to LPN to ADN, BSN, MSN to nurse practitioner. It all started, you know, that, like, that's so funny, huh? That's how people always start their stories. It all started back in, let's just say it started a, lot, a while ago, because this is 24 years in the making. I've been a nurse for 24 years, literally, right out of high school, became a certified nursing assistant. And my reason for doing that is because I needed a job. I needed a job and someone was smart enough to tell me to work around people who have the job that you want. So obviously, right out of high school, I can't become a nurse, right? So what is the entry level in which I can work around nurses. And so I found that to be a nursing assistant. So did a short couple weeks program, became a certified nursing assistant, started working. And mind you, by the way, guys, just some background. Got married early, started family early, was helping to take care of my dad, who was actually my reason for wanting to become a nurse, helping to take care of him. So I had some responsibilities and obligations that required me to work as I went to school. I didn't get a you know, a big scholarship to attend a four-year university. I couldn't just drop everything and do that because I had responsibilities and obligations, which many of us have, right? So I chose a path that worked best for me. So let's start with it with that. Don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. It's kind of good to kind of, you know, see what other folks got going on, helps you identify, oh, you know, there's an option. I didn't consider that. Oh, Oh, that's another way you can do that. Interesting. So it's good to, you know, gather information, but don't compare your journey to their journey. As long as you have an end goal, your journey, the way you get there, the steps you take may look different from someone else. So I had to work, started working as a certified nursing assistant. And this allowed me the opportunity to work in healthcare. So I got to be around nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists, work in different environments like the hospital, home health, in schools. So I got to do a variety of different things. And that was good because it gave me a taste of Healthcare is not exactly what I see on television. You know, in the hospital setting, there are other places in which you can work. And for one of my jobs as a CNA, as as a caregiver, I would go to someone's house in the morning, help their daughter get ready for school, you know, bathe her, dress her, 
help her eat. And then I'd get on the school bus with her and I'd legit go to school with her and help her do her ADLs while she was at school. And then she would come home. She was in a, a special needs child. And so I got to do that as a CNA. And, you know, you ever never thought that, right? But you don't know until you actually get into the field and see what your options are. So I started working as a CNA. Now I got to do some gigs like that. But then like many people, I worked in a skilled nursing home. Hard work, hard work. Plenty of nights I cried. Legit, I felt like this is what I don't want to do in nursing. And I, this is no shade to anyone who works in the nursing home. I want to just say kudos to you because it's hard work. Like literally I had, I want to say maybe 30 patients. I would in all total care, I would literally go down the hall, turning and cleaning everyone. And legit, by the time I was done, it was already two hours and I needed to go back and do it again. So I feel like I was constantly doing that. So there are elements of that. There was definitely hard work, a lot of grunt work, but you know what? These people needed help and they needed care. And if I wasn't there to do it, there wouldn't be anyone to do it. So I found value in doing that. And I also found value in it helping me to get early exposure with how to take care of people. You know, it's one thing to say how you're going to take care of people, but how do you handle their bodies? How do you interact with them when someone's crying, when someone's upset, when someone says something crazy off the wall? Like it helped me with my communications. It also helped me with my assessment skills because I would see things and I would notify the nurse. And, you know, he or she would come in and they would look at it and say whatever they would say. And I would be learning. So although I was a nursing assistant and I don't want to say I'm just a CNA. And let me say this at work. I hear this a lot. And I'll say, oh, are you the nurse taking care of so-and-so? They'll say, oh, I'm just the CNA. I'm like, no, you are not just the CNA. You are the CNA. So feel empowered. You are a very important part of healthcare. But I started as a CNA, worked in a variety of fields, was working while I was going to school. So I was in a junior college. I was taking some classes and some prerequisites and things like that. And it was hard because I was having to juggle work, school, family, da, 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 da. You, you get the drift, right? And I was getting frustrated. I was like, my gosh, I'm never going to become a nurse. This, this is not for me. What if, and there were times where I didn't even want to go to school, I'll be honest. I just wanted to work. And so I thought, you know, someone mentioned to me like, well, Alice, you can still be a nurse. Sometimes, you know, doing the junior college route or the traditional four-year school route is not for everyone. Have you considered a private school? Have you considered a vocational program? And so that's when I learned more about what an LPN or LVN is, licensed practical nurse or vocational nurse, depending on where your state and how you refer to it. So I looked into that and a licensed vocational nurse is a nurse who is licensed to, you know, give medications and care for people. Now, mind you, it's a limited scope, unlike that, it's a tighter scope than a registered nurse, but still a very valuable role. And so I decided to go for it. Private school, one year, a little costly, but I figured I'll get through this program. I'll be able to start working and I can pay this loan back. So I did that. So I went to school, became an LVN. And then when I was finished with my LVN program, I was able to work in a hospital. I worked on a med surge unit part-time. And also I had another part-time job where I worked in a subacute. And so for people who aren't aware of what a subacute is, it is not necessarily a nursing home. It's people, it's similar to a nursing home with a higher level of need. And in the subacute department where I worked, people had tracheostomies and were on ventilators. So I thought at first I was like, I don't want to do that. But then I had someone wise enough to tell me like, Alice, if you can manage airway, you can manage anything. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting because so many people are afraid of tracheostomies and artificial airways and don't know how to manage a vent. And understanding gases and the ventilators and the different modalities is definitely a unique skill. So how great was that, that I was able to position myself early on as an LVN 
and learn about airways and later and airway management and those type of things almost more so than to the degree of a registered nurse because some registered nurses don't know how to do that. So, you know, now I'm thinking about I'm like, gosh, I found some really great jobs when I was doing my journey. Here I am, I'm working as LVN, but I'm like, you know what? I still want to be a registered nurse. I still want to do more because I also, although I was a nurse and we need to be better about this, you know, LVNs versus RN, there's no versus. We are in this together. However, because of the difference in the scopes of practice, there seemed to be a hierarchy. There, you know, the registered nurse was able to do more because they had a higher licensure. They were able to give, you know, other medications that I could not. They could do initial assessments, especially if there's a change in condition, which I could not as an LVN, you know. So, and it's not, wasn't the nurse's fault. That's just how the regulations are. And that's how our training was based. But I quickly learned that I want to do more. I'm interested. I'm passionate. I care about people and I have the desire to. Now, mind you, I still had work, family, obligations and things I need to take care of. So I still had to work. Here I am at LVN. I'm like, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to take some more classes so I can, you know, become, get into a registered nursing program. So I was looking for an LVN to RN bridge. So that program exists. And then for some of you, I'm putting it, just planting the seed out there. There are some programs that allow EMTs to bridge over to RNs. You know, things might've changed. Check with your, your local school and your state, but I've heard of programs like that. And there was someone actually in my program, when I did the LVN to RN bridge, she was actually an EMT or corpsman, and she did the bridge. So look into that if that fits you or someone you know. So you don't have to like you to start all the way from ground zero. You want to build on the knowledge and experience that you have. So anyways, I do this bridge program, this LVN to RN bridge. But before I get there, I thought that, oh, I'm an LVN. I'm going to take these classes. I'm going to work a little bit, apply for a program. And I should be, you know, two, three years, I'll be a registered nurse. Didn't happen that way. Not at all. Took me seven years. I thought it was never going to happen. And actually, guys, as time went on as an LVN, I thought to myself, damn, I'm never going to get here. I was getting frustrated because I felt like there were continual obstacles or delays in my journey. So some of my kids got sick, so I couldn't go to class. I'd miss something important. My work schedule wasn't flexible. They wouldn't allow me the time off to go to school. Like there were so many barriers and things that were happening. Um, at the time, my husband was in the military. He was going on a Westpac. So gosh, I don't have anyone to help me with the kids. I can't go to school. And so all of these things kept happening. And I remember a moment where I was like, damn, I'm never going to get there. And I actually had kind of had conversations with myself like, okay, Alice, let's learn to be happy with this lot of life. Let's learn to be happy being an LVN because you're never going to get to be an RN. I had conversations with like that. There were times where I would cry because I was like, damn, I want to really be an RN, but I can't get there. Why? And, you know, so many things were getting in the way. And let me just stop here and just say to people, just because you have a delay does not mean that that is your denial. And I'm saying that because I've been there. I didn't think I would make it. And let me also tell you this, because I had so many things going on, I was trying to go to school and work and do all these things. I end up taking failing pathophysiology three times, three times. Part of that is because I was doing too much. I was doing too much, trying to juggle too much. And that's when I had to learn that if I wanted to really be about that life, if I really wanted to take pathophysiology, pass it so I can have that prerequisite to get into the nursing program, I needed to buckle down. Something had to get cut. And I had to do that as an investment for my future. It's hard to do in the moment because sometimes you're like, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. But the truth is, if you keep trying to juggle so many balls, you're eventually going to drop something. 
And I was dropping my pathophysiology class. Not necessarily mean dropping it like I actually dropped the course, but I was failing. I wasn't able to get to class. I wasn't spending time doing the studying. And so long story short, I failed that class three times, three times in a junior college. Now, let me tell you, that's a spring, summer and fall session. And actually it took a little, the reason why it took me seven years to get, you know, to become an RN is because I actually, you know, once you fail a course, you have to apply and take it again. You know, those seats are very limited. And then you have to find a seat in a class that's fixed with your schedule. And so, you know, with kids and work, I really still had to find a schedule that worked for me. And it was just hard. It was hard, as hard, as hard. And I remember the, I failed it three times. And then I try, here I am trying to register again. I got registered for the class and then they kind of put it on hold. And I'm like, what's the hold about? I actually had to go in and talk to the counselor about why are you signing up for this pathophysiology class? You've already failed it three times. Why are you wasting your time, your money and this seat when there's another student who probably really wants this seat and wants to do something with it? I was shooketh. Look, I needed that conversation. I actually needed someone to sit me down and have that conversation with me to kind of help me confront my own behaviors because I really was, I was wasting my time. I wasn't putting the effort for it. I wasn't making the hard decisions that I need to make. And this is really hard, especially when you don't have anyone telling you this or guiding you. That's why I'm here having this discussion with you guys and making, you know, myself and nurse.org, or we're making ourselves available if you ever want to talk to someone about this. But to get to where you want to go, sometimes you got to cut some shit out of your life and make room. You cannot receive a blessing if you don't make room for the blessing. Let's say your car is full, right? Let's say your car seat's five and you go to your best friend's house. You're like, oh, come on, get in, best friend. There's no room for your best friend. So one of those little strangers in the back who's not really your friend needs to get out so you can make room for what you really want in the car with you. And so that's what I needed to do. So I'm glad the counselor kind of sat, sat me down and really said, are you serious? Do you really want to take this class? Because thus far, you've not demonstrated that you're serious about it. And this is an important class to become a nurse. So do you really want to become a nurse? And so hard conversation, really hard. And I actually cried, but I needed to. Sometimes you got to cry, guys. Sometimes you got to, it's not about hearing what you want to hear. It's about what you need to hear. And I hope you're hearing me in this episode. If you really want to become a nurse, it's time you do a true assessment evaluate what you got going on now and what is going to change so you can make that happen. Okay. So failed pathophysiology three times, took it the fourth time, passed it. Gotta be, I needed that win because I felt like for so long that I was losing, even though I was an LVN, I had a family and those things. I really deep down wanted to be a registered nurse. Once I made that change, it really was a, a monumental point in my life that let me know that, Alice, you can do anything you set your mind to despite any obstacles, right? Yes, there will be delays. Yes, there will be booby traps. Yes, there will be shit that goes wrong, but pick up those damn pieces and let's go. And so that's what I did. So I did an LVN to RN bridge program, finished that. And then because I kind of got, got my mojo back and I was in the groove, I was like, okay, I got this. And well, let me also say, LVN RN bridge program was not easy just because I was an LVN. There was still a lot for me to learn. So a lot of humble pie that I had to eat while I was doing that program, um, had to study a lot, but you know, got through it. And then when I finished that, I had fallen in love with nursing and continuing to work as a nurse. So when I switched from LVN to RN, because I had all that ventilator experience, wasn't afraid of airways or things like that. Like it was easy for me to fall into 
critical care. And, you know, I was I had also concurrently as an LVM was working in med surge. So I'd seen a lot of things. So critical care was like for me. And I went into critical care and like the shoe fit. It was my, it was my passion. It was my thing. And especially along the lines of cardiology, since I was inspired by my dad, my dad died of a massive heart attack. And I saw kind of all of the disconnects in his care with his providers. And even when he was in the hospital, I saw things, you know, you know, when you're like a nursing student or I'll say as an LVN, but you may not fully understand the RN role or what you're seeing. You think you have an idea, but you don't fully understand everything. So you feel a little helpless. So that's how I felt. So when I became an RN, I went into critical care, cardiology, everything and anything. It was all me. It was all me. So I finished the LVN RN bridge program was RN with an associate's degree, rolled that over, was working as an RN in critical care, um, was simultaneously doing my bachelor's degree program. It made it easier because as I did the BSN, as I went on, a lot of the classes that added on were leadership, research. I did take a critical an, an critical care course, um, which by the way is amazing at San Diego State University. If anybody ever has the opportunity to go there and do their critical care course, amazing. San Diego is amazing for critical care. Shout out to the San Diego AAC, an organization. I actually was chapter president for a while there and did a lot in their AACN uh, critical care orientation program that they offered in person. But anyways, amazing journey there. Became an RN with my bachelor's degree. I finished that. And here I am. I'm like, you know what? I'm working in critical care. I love it. I'm climbing the career ladder. And I'll say this. As some people might say, well, I'm an RN. I don't necessarily need a bachelor's degree. You don't necessarily need one to do some of the direct patient care. But as far as developing as a leader, understanding research and having the other elements of your degree, because you're required to take other general education courses, actually really helped me to develop as a leader. I would still recommend it to folks going on to get your bachelor's degree, even though you're an RN with an associate's degree. So did that. And here I am, I'm working as a registered nurse. I'm, you know, doing a lot of community service with the American Heart Association. I'm involved with AACN, my American Association of Critical Care Nurses, doing leadership opportunities that way. And I'm growing and I'm growing, I'm networking, I'm meeting people. I feel like I'm learning more and being more effective at work, but I wanted to do more. I don't know what it is. I kind of have this bug and I'm like, I want to be more efficient, quicker, more knowledgeable and all of these things. And I have to say that during my experience on the floors in the hospitals, most units have educators. And I made this mistake of referring to someone as an educator before, and she was actually a clinical nurse specialist. And so the person who I thought was an educator, she was a CNS, but I would see her maneuver from the boardrooms with leadership management directors and things like that to the floor and have very high level conversations with residents, attendings, and everyone like respected her clinical opinion. Like whatever Patty said, that was it. Like even if one of the, you know, more senior residents said something and Patty came along and was like, well, I think X, Y, and Z, the whole team would question and be like, you know what? Yeah, I think Patty's right. And so it's not, you know, not that it's nurses versus physicians or anything, but it showed me how clinically astute nurses could be, how knowledgeable and how politically savvy they could be in an organization, how much influence they could have. And so I said, I want to do what she does. And I thought, you know, it was always educator, but no, I was quickly corrected. She was a clinical nurse specialist. And so I aspired to do that. Her name is actually Patty Graham. She was in the UC healthcare system. Patty, I don't know if you're listening or anyone knows Patty. Tell her I said hello. But I aspired to do that. And I had some other wonderful CNS influences as well. 
Kathleen Stacy, Scott Nolan, Beverly Carlson. These are like the OGs in critical care, uh, many of them who are clinical nurse specialists. But working as a registered nurse with my bachelor's degree, I wanted to go on and be more. I wanted to become a clinical nurse specialist. And I loved education. I was the nurse that always liked to precept. If there was opportunity to charge, I would do that. You know, anything to help problem solve and teach someone and create an environment where it's, it's okay to not know something, but, let, you know, let's learn it. And so I was really good at that aspect. So I was able to find a master's program that was a master's in nursing education and clinical nurse specialist. So it was a twofer. And I, you know, it makes good sense because clinical nurse specialists are advanced practice nurses. And one of their important hats is clinical education, expert leaders, those type of things. So it was a perfect match. So I did that program and I loved every bit of it. I loved every bit of it. And one of the great thing guys about, although no one really wants to go to school and go to work at the same time, one of the good things about going to school and working at the same time is that I could apply my lessons real time. If there's something going on, if I learned something in class, I could apply it quickly to school. Things that were happening at work, I would take that and present that at school and ask, you know, how do you deal with this? What's the issue? So that was really great. So I did that. And I worked as a clinical nurse specialist for at least 13 years in critical care, cardiology, definitely my jam. Got to do some amazing things, got to lead. In that role, you know, as a clinical expert, I felt Listen, well, let me stroke my ego for a second. I loved being that knowledgeable and being able to have very high level conversations with physicians, attendees, residents, teach the nurses. I loved doing that. It also allowed me the opportunity because it was nursing education and CNS to also teach in academia. So I was um, adjunct faculty at nursing programs and got to teach that aspect, did some in-services, got to teach specialty like CCRN, PCCN, cardiovascular nursing certification, med surge certification, like literally lead and teach courses like that because I loved education. That's how ingrained I was in the content and clinically like I could do this with my eyes backwards, sleep deprived with no food for seven days. Like I could still do it. So I loved doing that. And it also, these opportunities helped me to become a better leader because I also was an advocate and volunteer with the American Heart Association. So I got to lead some very important community health initiatives around heart health and, you know, in especially in communities of needs. So that was also a great leadership experience. And in doing that, I also got to work with some local uh, congressmen about health and wellness issues, especially at the time when the state exchanges were opening. So all of this education, all of these clinical experiences were able to roll up into all these wonderful and amazing opportunities that kind of landed me to where I am today. And, you know, I mentioned that I worked as a clinical nurse specialist for at least 13 years before I said, you know what, I need to go back to school because one of the things that did frustrate me in the CNS role is that I didn't have prescriptive authority. So although I had the, all the clinical knowledge, I didn't have the a licensure that allowed me the authority to prescribe and order tests and diagnose and things like that. So I went back to school to become a family nurse practitioner, not acute care nurse practitioner, but a family nurse practitioner, because I felt that I had the acute care world, critical care world already down. I already had that from real life experience. I wanted to be full spectrum and help swing the pendulum to preventative care, early identification, screening, wellness, promotion, those things. So I wouldn't have to see people in the hospital. So I went back and got my family nurse practitioner certificate, which was a little over a year program. And I did that and became a family nurse practitioner. And so currently I am a family nurse practitioner and a clinical nurse specialist. I still get to wear both hats. I work multiple roles. And I think the combination of all of those things made it even 
an easier shoe to fit, I guess I would say, as far as becoming a medical correspondent. Because along the way, I love teaching, right? Like I said, I love teaching. I love teaching nurses. I love teaching patients. And that was kind of an, in my kind of gift of gab, became natural fit for television. So I, I knew a couple of people who were attorneys on television. Um, health was never a big thing on TV, right? Before the pandemic. And then the state exchanges came up and then that's when health started to come in to like a larger conversation on television, national television, at least. And then, you know, certain cases would come up. Someone had, uh, someone famous would have a certain condition or a diagnosis, or there was an accident where someone mixed alcohol and uh, benzos and stuff like that. And so opportunities start to arise as far as talking about health issues. And then I started to drive conversations and say, you know, I think you should be talking about this. This is important. And so my experience coupled with my education coupled with the things that I had done in the communities with AARP, American Heart Association, all of those things were wonderful brand associations and kind of vetted me to making me credible. Although being a nurse alone is enough credibility. Having worked with American Heart Association or AARP, the National Urban League or NAACP, uh, American Diabetes Association on some of the community health projects that I had, educating their community along with my clinical experience was just like a match made in heaven. And so early on before, you know, everyone, social media really took off, I was doing television and I started blogging early on when blogs started. And so I was a pioneer in this media biz. And so I've really been able to capitalize on that and help drive the conversation or the model of a nurse being a medical health expert. And so I've been really proud about being able to represent nurses in that space it's not easy because you don't just get on there and start talking. I definitely, you know, still had to learn some other things and took some broadcast and journalism courses and things like that. But at the end of the day, I attribute all of these things, these gifts to where I am today, to my journey and my struggle. It wasn't easy because that is definitely the scenic route of how to get to where I am today. I mean, someone now could literally graduate from high school, do a four-year program, and then do another four years and end up with their doctorate and you know you'll have all the licensure but i don't want to underscore all of the life experiences along the way sometimes our journey has to look different because there are lessons that are meant for us there are passions that there are seeds of passion that are planted in us that only we will understand only we will know only we will recognize only we will appreciate and i have been very appreciative of my 24 year journey in this nursing profession it wasn't easy it wasn't very simple. I had to work along the way. I had a lot of detours, a lot of booby traps, a lot of peaks, a lot of valleys, and a lot of things that kept me busy along the way. Definitely a lot of distractions. And I really didn't have a dedicated mentor to talk to along the way. I kind of picked and chose things from different people on my journey when I felt safe to connect with them. So one of the things I want to share with you all today is if you are someone who is going through your career journey, um, whether you're a nurse now and want to you know, go on for more school or advance your career or pivot in your career, or maybe you're a nursing student or you're not even in nursing school yet, but you have questions about what does this look like? What should I be doing? What are my options? I'd love to talk to you because I didn't have any of that. I legit learned the hard way. I took the scenic route. Every detour, I took it. Every distraction, I got distracted. Every booby trap, I fell in it. Every peak and valley fell in that ditch too. And But one thing, guys, I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I kept thinking to myself, well, I could do nothing 
or I could do something. doesn't matter. A year from now, time is going to pass. Do I want to be in the same spot or do I want to be further along my journey? And I always chose to pick myself up from the bootstraps and keep pushing forward. And it wasn't easy. I cried a lot. I felt lonely. I felt like no one understood. Sometimes I felt like, fuck, I don't even want to do any of this. I don't know what I'm doing. I questioned myself. I questioned my sanity. I questioned my ability. And those are natural feelings. So if you are someone who's going through that, those are definitely natural feelings. But I'm here to tell you that you can do anything that you want to do. You really can. You know, everybody's journey is going to look different. Sometimes it looks easy on social media. It's hard. It's hard as hell. It's really hard as hell. There's, everyone's going to have a challenge and it's okay. Again, your delay is not your denial. And just because you might think it's a no, but maybe it's not really a no. Maybe it's a not now, but keep on trucking, keep on pushing. There are resources and people out there who care to help you. I care to help you. Nurse.org is here. I mean, definitely visit their website. There's so much information. You can visit nurse.org and anything you want to know about how to apply for nursing school, where to get money for nursing school, what to do when you're in nursing school, how to be successful in nursing school, how to survive nursing school, how to pass the NCLEX, how to you know survive your first job, how to pivot in your career, how to advance as a nurse, your job choices and options as a nurse, things you can do outside of nursing that allow you to still use your nursing knowledge. Like there's so much information out there. And then also nurse.org provides information about self-care, how to take care of yourself in this journey, which is something I didn't have. Like I told you, plenty of nights I broke down, cried, didn't know what I was doing, questioned myself, sometimes questioned my existence on this earth, no lie. And I'm having a total transparent moment with you because in this journey, you know, there's an article, if you want to read more about this, the article is called, this is how I went from CNA to LPN to ADN to BSN to MSN to nurse practitioner. Very catchy, cute pictures. Listen, that there's an article for you to read, but I wanted to say these things because I wanted you to hear the journey from myself, but also to understand this shit was not easy. It's not easy. I didn't have uh, like a real strong mentor, someone to share their knowledge. Cause some people like, they feel like they don't want to share the information because they're afraid you're going to take their opportunity. There's plenty for everybody. Okay. I am here to help you. Nurse.org is here to help you. We just want to see you be successful. And even if you're listening to this and you're not a nurse, Please take this information and translate it to whatever your profession is. Everyone has to start somewhere. Like Drake said, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Well, in order to get to the here part, you got to start somewhere and you can't give up. You're going to feel like giving up, but surround yourself with a tribe of people who aren't going to let you give up, who are going to be there to help inspire you, to remind you, to motivate you. You are worthy. You are deserving. Anything that your heart desires, you can do it. So do not give up. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. If you have a desire to become a nurse, then damn it, let's get to nursing. Let's get to nursing school. Let's get it done, guys. Okay, so I wanted to share this information with you because it's a question I get asked about a lot. And quite honestly, it's good for me to reflect on my journey as well, because sometimes I get, I still now have moments where I'm like, man, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I have to remind myself about how far I've come. So let's celebrate the progress you've made. But let's also make sure that you don't let up and that you continue your journey to be as successful as you would like to be and to achieve that top goal. Okay, guys, so I'm Nurse Alice. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to share this episode with a friend, colleague, coworker, someone. Someone could use this uplifting message. We all need it at some point in our lives. And also feel free to leave a rating and review. Would love to know what you think about the episode. And you can email me at nursealice at nurse.org if you have any questions comments, looking for a mentor. Hey, we're here for you. 
And if there's something else you want to hear on the show, let us know. We'd love to talk about that too. So until next time, guys, please, please, please make good choices. Be kind to one another and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.